1: Well, yes, and you
2: know, every once in
0: a while we like to
2: review what we're doing with Conscious Talk and uh, what you think about it, and you know where we're going. And for years we've been bringing you what we consider some new thought, and we're constantly looking for that. And this year is no different. We're starting to go down some different directions with sponsors. We um, have discovered some new things that have been very helpful in our lives, and um we hope that you will really take it to heart and find that they are also helpful in your life.
1: Yes, and we'll be bringing some of that to you in the days and weeks and months ahead. We're always looking at right like Rob says right at the edge of consciousness, the new things that are out there, things that are real, that are authentic. That really make a difference in your life. And if they make a difference in our life, then we know they will make a difference in your life. And that's why we test them out, whether it's products or we talk to people, new ideas, new thought, however that comes across, we really take it to heart and take it in.
2: Yeah. Uh, the thing that's been most important to us has been discovering that spiritual rudder and mm-hmm. what's going on in that internal landscape. And so we continue to search for uh, those things that uh, keep us steady those things that allow us to see who we really are and so along with the new uh, there are there is some old Mm -hmm. Um, there is the down-to-earth spirituality which we do there are a few regulars that we've had on over the years and I think that uh, they help us Hold that continuity and keep up the exploration. It's great to have mentors that keep reminding us of who we are and how we find out who that person is.
1: And what we have found out over the years with ourselves, our clients, and you, our listening audience, it is consistency that makes the difference. Practice, practice, practice. Be consistent in what you are doing in a spiritual sense, and it builds upon itself, and it becomes something that is not only secondary in your life, but now your way of life, and that's what makes life worth living.
3: And
2: so we thank you if you listen to our live broadcast, uh, whether you go into our archives or our podcast on Podcast One or iTunes, however you catch the show, because we have another one coming up right
0: now. Welcome to Conscious Talk, radio that makes a difference. Well, coming up this hour on Conscious Talk, so you know, life of service can uproot you from all you know and be the most rewarding thing you'll ever do. Well, we'll talk to Lydia Dean, the founder of Go Philanthropic, a philanthropic travel company and author of Jumping the Picket Fence. And now I welcome your hosts for the day, Brenda Michaels and Rob Spears.
1: Thank you, Benny, and welcome folks to another hour of Conscious Talk, radio that makes a difference. And yes, we're making a difference again here today because we bring to you the very best People we know of, people that are making a positive difference in their lives and the lives of others, people that are learning, growing, they're waking up, coming on the show, teaching all of us. And on this show, we learn and grow together, one listener at a time. That listener is you.
2: Well, our very special guest today is Lydia Dean. Now she's the co-founder of Go Philanthropic Foundation and uh, she's had a very interesting life and we recognize a lot of spiritual principles and things that we all struggle with in her story. We found out about her by reading her book Jumping the Picket Fence. And uh, Lydia has obviously been an avid traveler. She's a mother of three and, uh, and an author. But she left a successful career as an executive recruiter in Orlando, Florida, to explore the world with her young family. That's what the book is about. But there is so much more that you're going to recognize in her lives and the things that those interior landscapes that we've all been exploring. Lydia, welcome to Conscious Talk.
4: Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so pleased to be here. I'm looking forward to our conversation.
1: Well, when I first, um, you know, your book came to us, Lydia, I loved the title, Jumping the Picket Fence. And without even knowing what your story was, the title in itself was metaphorical for me, and I'm sure it is for so many readers, if not all of them. And I looked at that and I went, hmm, this is someone who stepped outside of what we consider normal everyday living. We get married, we want to live in a nice little house with a white picket fence, we want two children, etc, etc. And you were someone that stepped outside of that. Was my intuition right on with that? Oh, absolutely. And you know, when I first came up with the um, title, actually it was my daughter,
4: Emma, who's now 21, mm. who helped to come up with the title of the book. But when it first came to me, I was thinking about it in metaphorical terms, um, kind of one or two dimensional. And it's not until, you know, so many years later that um, actually the jumping the picket fence has taken on even a kind of a broader scope metaphorically. Mm-hmm. I mean, at mm-hmm. first it was just, kind of get beyond what what we know and what we we think is comfortable and what's on the other side of that fence has now come to represent sort of dreams that we all may have that we're afraid of um, walking towards and it, it can represent the superficial boundaries that we have between ourselves and and the rest of the world who live very um, in some places very differently than we do and mm-hmm. barriers between between perspectives so You know, even as, you know, as the days roll on here, that that um, representation of what picket fence and jumping it meant (laughs) to me continues to evolve.
2: Yeah, I uh, I'm glad that you put it that way, because one of the things that we've come to realize and we had recently reinvented ourselves and, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, totally downsized in some ways and upsized in others. Um, mm-hmm. meaning we downsized from a lot of the material things we were used to and then upsized in space and energy, energy and, and, and vibration yeah, and, and all of that. But this is something that we've done um, together since we've been together, which has been about 23 years now. Um, today's actually our 19th wedding anniversary, mm-hmm. um, but we oh, reinvented ourselves. Well, you. you. But we reinvented ourselves a number of times. Um, first, we were it, so we were sort of thrown out into the world in a different way through our uh, intersection with disease, and then with various things like divorce from our first uh, spouses and finding each other in a very strange way, and then. Starting with nothing and reinventing, and we ended up doing a radio show for over 18 years, and then, you know, leaving everything behind except the radio show, <laughs> because hmm. we keep meeting incredible people and learning more, and and starting on another adventure. So, reinvention is a theme that we figure, as long as we're on the planet, that's something that we want to strive for. Is, is that? I got that from your book, that every time you think it's settled, that same feeling comes up, that there's more.
4: Oh, I have the biggest grin on my face because, um, yes, I feel that. I know that. And um, in what you're saying, what I can relate to is that sometimes that reinvention or, you know, what what, um, kicks that whole Cycle off is something that is deemed as kind of negative, or you you're you're encountering something you didn't expect, and um, you know, of course, um, what you've described is more difficult than the place at which you know were, that I was in, which was just you know un, unhappiness with what I had, and everything I had was great. So, I mean, that was mm-hmm. part of the problem was mm-hmm. feeling guilty for what I had and, and wanting something different, but. Yeah, I can absolutely relate to that reinvention. And I think there's a natural cycle in there for things that we maybe, maybe we expect in our lives that there isn't that natural cycle of beginning and ending and evolving. Maybe, you know, somebody told us in grade three that, you know, it was all going to be the same and we should expect the same from one year to the next. But, you know, when we sort of embrace that, that understanding that these these cycles are going to happen and they're not bad and it doesn't mean failure that maybe we accept them a little more and we can move into them more gracefully. But um, I, I think in general we we push them off and we try and buffer them with all sorts of yeah. You know, I think we're
1: mostly afraid yeah. of walking into the unknown and and one of the things that you did and I'd like you to just briefly explain that you how did you jump the picket fence so to speak how did you do that well initially again
4: it came from feeling like I couldn't take another step in the life that I was in so we were in our late 20s had married my high school sweetheart had two little ones at the time and and a successful um, search consultant business that we were running from our home and everything was just so beautiful from the outside looking in, but I was really, really unhappy, and I, I literally had to drag myself to that office, that home office, kind of overlooked this tent. So this happiness was so deep in me, and there was such a. A concrete knowing that there was something else out there different, mm-hmm. that it was like I was walking through molasses every day, was mm. though getting through the day was nearly impossible. So if I wanted to continue like that, I know that the universe was telling me, we're not going to let you. We're going to make you feel like you can't take another step. Mm. And that's how it felt. Like, mm-hmm. don't make me eat another bite of Thanksgiving <laughs> meal because there's no room mm-hmm. in my mm-hmm. body for it anymore. Mm-hmm. So I don't really feel like I had I had a choice for it to stop. It just wasn't going to continue. But also combined with that was, you know, eventually, and certainly not at the beginning stages, but eventually my husband was willing to go on this search for more meaning with me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there was a period of time where of course, you know, there was conflict there,
3: mm-hmm.
4: but, you know, jumping that picket fence wasn't something I could do alone with a fam- a young family. Right. Um, we had to do it together as a couple and we had to do it, um, you know, knowing that we didn't know what was on the other side, and that we weren't going to blame the other one if we got to the other side and it wasn't so pretty. So um, it was a combo of of both of those things. Yeah, yeah.
2: that leap of faith thing is uh, is really interesting, but it's very enervating. So uh, here's something that I wanted to talk to you about. Um, there are so many themes in your book. Uh, you know, obviously jumping the fence, dealing with that. The inner knowing that we know that there is more, there's something else that we are, quote, supposed to be doing or that we signed up to do in this life. But uh, I was thinking a lot about what we call the shift, this, this shift in consciousness that's, that's occurring on the planet now. And we... um we often hear this phrase, service economy, and everybody thinks, well, okay, that's all about flipping hamburgers at McDonald's. But you exemplified that idea of service, that creating a life of service. It's, uh, it's something that actually comes naturally to us if we allow it. Th- does that make sense?
4: It does. It does. It didn't make sense to me back then. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, it was maybe 10 years later, um, after all of this had transpired, that I found an old journal. And in that journal, it said, you know, list of things that I want. And it said a a need to serve. Mm -hmm. Mm. And, you know, that that word now service and serve has taken on uh, um, many, many different meanings to me over the years.
1: Um, Well, we're going to stop you there, Lydia, and get back into that in just a moment. We're going to take a quick break here. You are listening to Conscious Talk, radio that makes a difference. Our website, ConsciousTalk.net, and we'll be back after these messages.
5: Today, more than ever, new technology is being created to help humankind. But few address subtle energy, which is the energy of life.
4: They should. You see, if your probiotics do not include prebiotics as well as postbiotics, then you are missing out on a lot of healthy benefits. Most probiotic products do not contain prebiotics, their food, or postbiotics, the organic matter that promotes the long term colonization of the good versus bad bacteria in your body. But Dr. O'Hara's probiotics does.
0: Select live probiotic bacteria are blended with fruits, vegetables, seaweed, and herbs and allowed to grow over three years to assure superior digestive and immune supports. Dr Ohero's probiotics then combines this rich culture medium
6: prebiotics and the resulting nutrients from this fermentation process postbiotics providing you with a superior probiotic supplement no other probiotic can offer your
0: body this support so switch to the best premium probiotic on your retailer shelf today Dr O'Hiro's probiotics are available online and at natural health retailers
5: conscious stock radio That brightens your day.
0: For most of us, the New Year's resolution to lose those extra pounds turns to frustration when the weight bounces back no matter how many calories you cut or how many protein meals you eat. The shocking truth is, it's not your fault. Science discovered that the alkalizing mineral salts our bodies need are no longer found in our food due to our depleted soils which causes acid buildup in the body and a condition called metabolic acidosis. When you are too acidic, fat forms to protect your body. Thus, your diet actually leads to that dreaded bounce back in weight. What you need is Power PH with Bio-PH, the most powerful alkalizing ingredient ever developed. The amazing effect of BioPH is that it buffers and removes the acid in your body that causes you to gain weight. Make your weight loss program work with clinically proven Power-PH. For more information and to order, go to powersofph.com. That's powersofph.com.
6: Would you like to have a better flow of money in your life? Or would you like more inspiration and creative ideas? How about having your body return to its natural, healthy size and condition? Why not travel to the realm of the masters? You can do all of these while enjoying a relaxing, powerful guided meditative journey designed and led by me, Krista Gibson, publisher of New Spirit Journal. Guided meditative journeys can be a very powerful and effective way to improve your life. That's an oasisforyoursoul.com.
5: Self-help, healing, spirituality,
0: and more on Alternative Talk, 1150.
2: And welcome back. You are listening to Conscious Talk. And hey, we know, as we always say, um, most most of you are in your cars. You're on your way to work or you're getting ready for work. And, you know, you hear some information or something about one of our guests. And uh, you want to write it down, but you can't and be safe or, you know, you're going to smear that makeup, perhaps. So just remember ConsciousTalk.net because every guest will have a guest page and a play button for the show, but also links to their books and uh links to their websites.
1: And links to amazon.com so you can easily purchase the books, which we hope that you do to support all of our authors.
2: Well, we're here with Lydia Dean. She is the author of Jumping the Picket Fence. And uh, I love your life, Lydia. Mm -hmm. And, And I know that, you know, it didn't often seem that way to you that it was a wonderful life. Things got a little scary. But we were talking about service and how when you actually reach deep within or maybe even look back to those things that have driven us, so many of us feel that need to be of service, but don't you have to find yourself first?
4: Hmm. Absolutely, and I, I don't know that we find that need to serve in ourselves first. So I I think it's much easier to take that first step and want to do for and provide that service outside of ourselves because it's just, frankly, it's just easier than doing that inner work. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And also I think we don't realize when we feel this need to give back or make a difference. I don't know that always that that journey starts with the inside first. Mm -hmm. And for me, it certainly didn't. I mean, I always had this desire to want to, give back to humanity. And and I felt like that work was done on the outside. And frankly, you, you started on the outside, there are people in need. And so you kind of trot out there in the world and you figure out what you can do to help them. And, you know, after 15 to 20 years of doing this, I can honestly say that I believe that that work is needed you know as much internally as we need to couple it with mm-hmm. actions mm-hmm. um that we take in our daily lives um mm-hmm. for, for others mm-hmm. but you can't have one without the other and if if you're not listening to yourself and 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 what i found and what you know i need to become a whole individual then i'm not going to be able to offer that up to anybody on the outside mm-hmm. and not, you know, crossing that or, or, or coming to that conclusion was a difficult one for me and one that took years to, to realize.
1: You know, it's so interesting because we don't real, we don't realize, I think when we're younger, that if we don't take really good care of ourselves on every level, no matter what we are doing in service, a couple of things can happen. We can either get bored with it And then we're kind of like you were with what you were doing to begin with in the corporate world. You're pushing yourself through each day or we can burn out, which is what a lot of people do. They stay in a place where they are not happy or they're not fulfilled where they're not really engaged in life and that's when i think we start coping with life and so many mm. things come come out of that coping mechanism that is not uplifting to us empowering to us and healthy for us so mm. and i i do know it's a journey you know this has been rob and i as well we are much more engaged in our inner life now in the last several years than we were 10, 15, 20 years ago, taking even better care of ourselves, but also in a greater service. So is that how you sort of evolved this? You started to really understand you had to take care of yourself too? Well, I had to learn that the hard way. Um, It's been about 12 years since I started Go
4: Philanthropic Travel and about nine since we started the foundation, and I would say that the majority of that time was um, in sort of a martyr kind of mentality, mm-hmm. and a lot a lot of beautiful things happened mm-hmm. in that period. And mm-hmm. we've been able to build, you know, a vehicle that allows anybody to come in and and tap in and engage with you know major global issues on a very personal level. So I'm I'm really proud of what we've built as a team, but it, it really didn't come until you know, you hit the personal wall until you realize that your own self, um, your own self-help is is, an, is a very important piece in that formula.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And yeah, I had to, I had to find that wall. And when I did, um, I saw the work that we were doing in a very different light. Yes. Um, and that was a, a beautiful awakening for me. And then I realized that my, my energy source didn't come from myself alone it came from something much deeper and that Mm -hmm. you know i didn't need to burn out um in order to continue to 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 play a role and in making an impact in areas that that needed it around the world that it was a great relief to me oh yes and that
1: martyr piece is so profound (laughs) in all of us i think you know that's an ego structure Mm. we call it co-opting that ego Mm. co-ops spirit our spirit and because we give so much power to the mind and the the small mind I'm talking about, not the the divine yeah. of us, that it's easy for the ego to co-opt that, and you think you're doing it in light of, you know, I'm, I'm really doing this, and I'm really making a difference, and I'm really helping a lot of people, but there's a little piece of you that's going, I'm really special, I'm really great, you know, and that's that martyr piece, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I've been there, done that, and, and it's shifted for us over the last several years too, but... Yes, I think that happens quite often, and we need to be aware of how the ego, how it's like a frog in a boiling pot, just warms it up yeah. little bit by yeah. little, and you don't even realize it. Yeah, and and really the
4: nonprofit world and the giving world is no different from any other world, right. and you're driven by accomplishments and feeling good about it, those accomplishments, and you know, it, it's no different, it's just, um, there, there's kind of you know, this veil of, oh, well, you can do no wrong, even if you are being a martyr, because you're working in the the world of, of giving back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, really the same rules apply. You have to ask yourself what's driving you right to do this. And yes, I wanted to find purpose in the world, but um, I was doing it at a pace that, you know, ignored my own, you know, need for rest and my own need to, to understand maybe what was lacking in myself before mm-hmm. I set out to do this. Mm-hmm. So when people ask me, oh, I, I so want to be involved in um, humanitarian efforts, what, you know, what trip should I take or what volunteer vacation should I take or what should I do? And I have a really kind of buzzkill answer these days. And it's, it's to, to, to first kind of stop and ask yourself maybe why why you're feeling this need to do this and to, to, to help other people with issues out there, could there be something that might need work at home within your own self? And it's Mm. not to say that you don't head out and, and give back to the world. It's, it's that you need to take that in consideration maybe from the get-go. And, and had I done that, I would have, you know, I, I think it would have been better. I would have been better. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. And maybe Orlando would have been elevated, but who knows? Um, <laughs> <Exactly. clears throat> so so here's so here's the thing. Um, we, we talked about, I, I don't want people, and I, and I think that you were getting there, but I don't want people to think that if this is all love and light. Um, discovering who you, you know, unearthing those parts of yourself and really fulfilling those needs of your own purpose, whatever that is, a- and discovering what your service is in the world. It's not always it's uh, not always neat. It's actually pretty messy often. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things we talk about a lot when it comes to these kinds of spiritual concepts is allowing. So do you think that that was one of the major themes that you ran across in, in your life so far that, you know, when he came, came to it, you had to allow the situation to unfold?
4: Yeah, well, gosh, yeah, it's even hard to hear it be put like that um, because that's exactly what it is and it's hard to accept mm-hmm. because I think we, we, want, uh, we want to fix and we want things to be right, and we don't like to see things that are undone and not right within ourselves or the world. But there's a moment in time where perhaps we just need to be and to, to accept what is and to accept that we are okay with who we are next to that and that was very very hard for me to accept. I felt like there were all the more that I saw, the more that I did out there in the humanitarian world, the more that I was exposed to the more I felt like I had to do and not be. Mm-hmm. And um that that was very very difficult for me. So the, the the biggest lesson was just to accept kind of what is and to understand that you know we're enough in that and mm-hmm. um that the role isn't to to make it all right it's just to show up. Yeah. And that showing up was was enough. And yes. you know, I still struggle with that. Oh,
2: yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, and don't we all. But yes. I but I thought you expressed it very well in the book and the in the prologue um when you were talking about um you know, the moment with this child in in India and You know, there are so many moments in the book that bring this forth.
1: We'll get into that when we come back from this break. We'd like um, you to share with us about this child in India uh, and how you went through that, because it's a beautiful piece of allowing and a very difficult journey, which we understand. You are listening to Conscious Talk. We're here with Lydia Dean. The book is Jumping the Picket Fence. We'll be right back.
6: Mom, can I have some Sprite? Sure, honey. Thanks, Mom. You know what that is? That's the sound of my
4: child thanking me for giving her something that's actually good for her teeth. Sprite gum is part of the Spry Dental Defense System, a complete line of oral care products made with 100% xylitol, the all-natural sweetener with proven dental benefits. So when we're at home, my whole family uses Spry toothpaste and mouthwash to help strengthen our teeth and reduce the risk of tooth decay. And when we're on the go, I just throw some Spry gum and mints right into my bag. Visit sprydental.com or ask for Spry by name at your local health food store. You can also ask your dentist about Spry. And make sure your mouth is receiving all the benefits of 100% xylitol products.
7: At Vitamin Shop, Sprouts, Kroger, and most natural product retailers. Find a retailer near you at clear.com. For most of us, the New Year's resolution to lose those extra pounds turns to frustration
0: when the weight bounces back no matter how many calories you cut What you need is Power PH with Bio-PH, the most powerful alkalizing ingredient ever developed. The amazing effect of Bio-PH is that it buffers and removes the acid in your body that causes you to gain weight. Make your weight loss program work with clinically proven Power PH. For more information and to order, go to powersofph.com. That's powersofph.com. Conscious Talk Radio or visit energeticmatrix.com. Unleash your natural
7: self-healing abilities with the AIM program of Energetic Balancing. Health retailers
5: get your daily dose of variety. Alternative Talk 1150.
7: We're
1: back, and you are listening to Conscious Talk Radio that makes a difference. Again, our website is conscioustalk.net. But don't forget about our Facebook page. We also have a Facebook page. We invite you to join us there. We pop a lot of things up on our Facebook page. Not the usual things that people pop up that are personal and selfies and stuff, but really things that have made a difference in our lives and could make a difference in yours. So check that out, along with our events section, because we have a lot of events that are unfolding still. I'm Brenda Michaels.
2: And I'm Rob Spears, and we're here with Lydia Dean. We're talking about her book, Jumping the Picket Fence, but, uh, you know, it is a great read, and, and it's almost, it reads like an adventure, uh, Lydia, so, you know, let you, uh, let your ego settle with that one, because it, your life has been quite a great adventure, it's, it was a lot of fun reading all of those things, but the themes underneath it were incredible, and and. I just wanted you to maybe expand a little. I could feel this great awakening when you described your a trip to India, where you were surrounded by in an orphanage by uh, all of these children with absolutely nothing.
1: What was that for you?:
4: uh, Immense, uh, humbling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt uh, useless mm-hmm. all at the same time this. So No, this was where the the book begins. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. But but it really isn't where it begins in the chronology of the whole thing because, Mm -hmm. you know, as a child, I wanted to, I dreamed of of doing this kind of thing, going and working in an orphanage and being in the Peace Corps and all that. But it took, you know, way too long for me to to take any action to do it. Yes, we moved away and had lived abroad and had all these kind of neat adventures, but it wasn't until I took this, that to actually go and work in an orphanage in two weeks, for two weeks in India, that I actually began that active journey. Um, so that's why I begin the book there, because it was a, a real starting point for me. But here I was, you know, finally got to this law, well, I've done it, I've signed up, I've showed up, I'm in, you know, a rural village in India, and I'm surrounded by a 100 children who are, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, not not in a good place in the world, and I'm here to help. And I just, I just couldn't feel more useless. I -hmm. I couldn't speak their language. It was hot. Mm
3: -hmm.
4: Um, I felt kind of dizzy. Mm -hmm. I, um, it was, it was uncomfortable. I wasn't prepared at all to sit in front of this little class of, of, of students. You know, they were all, I don't know. I don't remember their exact ages, but young. And they're all staring at me like, okay, well, what do you have to say? And I, Mm -hmm. we could barely communicate. And I, I just felt, just so small and so um, ill-equipped right. to deal with the world's problems. Mm-hmm. So it was a really, really big high and a very quick
1: low when I realized, oh my gosh, I think um, I'm in over my head. And and what did you do then? I mean, that's an overwhelming feeling. I know what I would do now if that was my situation. At least I think I know. But what did you do? Because that's a real feeling of helplessness. Did you also feel hopeless?
4: Well, you know, I, I did... I, I definitely felt hopeless so it was and I and I felt like their situation was hopeless mm-hmm, as well mm-hmm. um, and so it was this, this strange mix of me feeling little and hopeless and and them being in a situation that was was not so great <laughs> right. um, either so in the moment what you have to do is just be in that moment yes. and I actually had you know four little ones in front of me for the mm-hmm. day and 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 I was going to make use of that and Eventually, after I got over kind of my shock of being there and not knowing what I was going to do, I, I connected with them. Mm. And I realized, you know, it was tough with the language, um, but I realized that these little ones had beautiful dreams. Mm. And they would draw these amazing pictures of what they wanted in life. Mm. And I learned after day three or four that one of them was really bright and she was quick and she was witty. And then I learned that the other one was a little bit... Lazy and needed to be nudged along a little bit, and then there was another one that loved to move around and not sit in his chair all day. He had to move and do things. So, you know, before before long, I realized these are just you know these are just normal, beautiful, wonderful kids with potential. Yes, and that I shouldn't enter into this meeting with them um, and being with them with any any sort of pity. They right. they were full of potential yeah. and I needed to see them and greet them like that mm-hmm. and not like anything else. So it was a real eye opener. Yeah. That's a beautiful
1: yeah. lesson to get because they, they didn't know, you know, they didn't know that possibly their situation looked hopeless. They certainly didn't feel helpless. Well, <clears throat> we kind of imprint that project exactly. our feelings onto them that way. Yeah.
2: So <clears throat> so since you began the book there, um, obviously We're going to run off to a break, but obviously that was one of the driving lessons. Otherwise, you wouldn't have put it there, but we'll find out when we come back. We're here with Lydia Dean talking about jumping the picket fence. The latest
0: trend to hit the store shelves has the whole country buzzing
7: As I get older, I want to protect my health the best I can and use only the best supplements that are available. So score a touchdown for your health. Get Dr. O'Hara's probiotics today.
3: Touchdown!
7: Dr. O'Hara's probiotics are available at natural health retailers and online. Don't accept a substitute.
5: Ready to shake things up? Try Alternative Talk 1150.
2: And welcome back. Yes, you are listening to Conscious Talk. and as always, so glad to have you continuing on with us. Uh, You know, we have been continuing this for over 18 years, so if you're new, you can go to ConsciousTalk.net and catch up on a lot of the shows. They're in the archives. They're all free. You could subscribe to the free podcast or find us on Podcast One. Uh, That address, Podcast One forward slash Conscious hyphen talk. I'm Rob Spears.
1: And I'm Brenda Michaels, and we're here with Lydia Dean. The book is Jumping the Picket Fence. And I'm going to give you two um, websites for her. And, of course, you can check this out on her guest page at ConsciousTalk.net. The first one is for her founder- their foundation, Go Philanthropic Foundation. That's GoPhilanthropic.org. And then the second one is their business, which I love. This is, I love them both, but this one I love gophilanthropictravel.com. So, Lydia, we could talk for hours about your book, and I want everyone to read it because some of the things that you two, you and your husband, encountered are phenomenal and some are very painful and you move through all of it but i'd like to have you share with our audience a little bit about goalphilanthropic.org, which is your foundation and and then about travel so what is what are these two well it i'll start with travel because that's where it started so you know here we were as a family and and encountering
4: um you know some really beautiful places around the world with our family but when we visited them we felt quite cut off from the local efforts and NGOs and nonprofits and community based organizations that were really working hard to to create better lives for themselves and i thought well that's so strange because you have all of these tourists coming in for example in Siem of cambodia where the temples of angkor water located you have this disconnect between this amazing place to visit, you know, culturally and historically, and then all of this amazing work that's being done in the rural areas to, to, to fight um, poverty, and yet the two were disconnected. So with Go Philanthropic, we felt, how about we introduce and, or at least open the door for people to visit and bring them to the doorsteps of some of these really, really unique change makers during their, during their travels, and maybe they'll want to, when they know about them, help and join in their efforts. In fact, I was sure that if people m- knew about them, that they would want to do something about um, clean water and want to contribute to, you know, making the world a better place. So it started there, and mm-hmm. it was really, it was successful right off the bat. I mean, people do care, mm-hmm. and um, and and it worked. But the problem was that uh, the more we got into it, the more we were running of the logistics of a travel company as opposed to providing a voice and a platform um, for small programs to get more exposure. So we we basically put that on hold to start the foundation. And in that work, we wanted to listen more to what community-based programs, grassroots organizations, what they were living, feeling, needing. And we learned very, very early on that um, it isn't what we think they need. I mean, we go in thinking they need, you know, education programs need books and backpacks and pencils when actually they need help with business planning and um, strategy and budgeting and salaries for their teachers.
3: Mm-hmm. And this
4: isn't always what we think of um, when we look in with our foreign eyes. Mm-hmm. So we have these two entities uh, that work together, the travel as the sort of educational component for people to come and really learn from and hear um, from these change makers themselves. um, And the foundation that provides support to these organizations so that they can do more of what they're already doing. So um, if that makes sense.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that, that actually <clears throat> makes a lot of sense in what you learned from that first that trip to India that is described in the beginning of the book where there's a room filled with pencils and notebooks and things like that that you wondered, why aren't they being used? Mm-hmm. W- because that's not really what they needed. First, they needed to be seen. <laughs> first, they needed yeah. to be heard. Mm-hmm. Those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And you know, maybe some toilets would have been good. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like you're a, it's like a privatized Peace Corps in some ways that you, you know, going in and finding out. It's, it's an education for the people that get involved in the travel. I love that part because mm-hmm. we do have such a strange idea about what's really needed. I mean, we see that in eco-travel and other things.
1: Well, and when we hear from <coughs> grassroots groups, the only thing they can ask of us is, can we donate to them? Because they do need resources. but And so you start thinking, if we just throw money at these places, they're going to be successful in doing what they're doing. But as you said, they have to have the proper people in place and the structure built, the foundation built, in order to do what they need to do. Yeah, and, and, and that really gave us a whole different perspective.
2: Yeah, and, and you need to change the consciousness of mm-hmm. all of us.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's the bigger point,
4: is mm-hmm. that ultimately... We're not going to make this humanity better by just throwing money at things, and and money is just one currency for what for what has to happen out there. And I and I believe in that concept that you brought up, the change in consciousness. And mm-hmm. when we write a check to donate to a, a very very worthy program uh, across the world, I I think it's doing wonderful things. But it can do even more if we, as people individually, understand what is at the seat of that problem mm-hmm. and 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 normally it lies in some sort of inequity um, an imbalance that um, marginalized communities um, be it ethnic minorities be it you know people who have been pushed to the sidelines of, of society and have been ignored um, it isn't until we actually feel it see it understand it that we commit to it as as human beings to make that imbalance better. So, mm. you know, soliciting for that one off donation I, I I think it's fine and it's sort of a short term, you know, not a half bad idea. But if we're really going to change, you know, what what's happening at the root then then we all need to really understand and feel it. And and sometimes that takes time and it doesn't mean everybody needs to get on a plane and go sit in, you know, sit in the office of a an organization working against human trafficking in, in Nepal. But I can tell you when you do, you will never think about that issue or that region in the same way ever again. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, yes. And you, you know that you, you can play a role, um, even as small as, mm-hmm. as you might feel. Mm-hmm. You know? Right, and as, mm-hmm. I'm,
2: as we might say in this country, um, this is why we do not want to build a wall Mm -hmm. you know exactly yes because that's always been our strength well it was our strength and and now that's what we're lacking
1: all that does is create more separation and as you know lydia you just voiced it so beautifully you know we continue to separate ourselves out and we continue to push certain people or ethnic groups to the wayside because of personal whatever Um, that's complete separation. We're not honoring who they are. I go back to when you were sitting with those children and just recognizing them for who they really are. They're these beautiful souls, these magnificent souls that came here to play a piece, to play a part, to contribute their piece of the puzzle. And just Mm. in that recognition and just being with them and loving them and just recognizing them you do, you did so much without doing anything, but just being, and that's that, that point you were making about, you weren't being, you were doing, 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 and I think we do that as humans, and here in America, especially, we just do, 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 and often we forget to be who we really are, and recognize the divinity in others, and when Mm. we do that, we lift everyone up, on an energetic level. And, and that's part of shifting consciousness.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I, I certainly didn't get that on step one. I mean, even in not. that moment where I had, you know, kids sitting on my lap and I realized that, okay, they're, they have potential and they have lives in front of them. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't understand all of that in that moment. Right. It, it just had to be lived out. And, sure. Um, so I don't I don't believe we need to know what that roadmap is, but I think we need to be willing and open to to be guided and learn and put the pieces together. And yes, at and the end, when we, we feel it and deeply understand it, then there's no then there's no changing. There's just no looking back in yeah. the way that yep. this life is about our connection to each other yeah. and helping each other become um, all that, great,
1: we be. that we can be. Yeah. See yes yeah, well the well, book it... is jumping the picket fence folks it's so well worth the read again go philanthropic and go philanthropic.org is the foundation and these are just beautiful works that you're doing And we want to thank you so much Lydia from our hearts to yours all that you are doing and the difference you're making and folks as always thank you have a beautiful day and we'll see all of you next time right here unconscious talk
0: for most of us the new year's resolution to lose those extra pounds turns to frustration when the weight bounces back no matter how many calories you cut or how many protein meals you eat the shocking truth is it's not your fault science discovered that the alkalizing mineral salts our bodies need are no longer found in our food Due to our depleted soils, which causes acid buildup in the body and a condition called metabolic acidosis. When you are too acidic, fat forms to protect your body. Thus, your diet actually leads to that dreaded bounce back in weight. What you need is power pH with bio pH, the most powerful alkalizing ingredient ever developed. The amazing effect of BioPH is that it buffers and removes the acid in your body that causes you to gain weight. Make your weight loss program work with clinically proven PowerPH. For more information and to order, go to powersofph.com. That's powersofph.com. Conscious Talk Radio. Get your dose today.